Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. As a financial advisor in St. Louis, Missouri, with clients in over 17 different states, I get to hear a lot of questions when it comes to retirement planning, investing, and all things centered around living the best years of your life in retirement. So this podcast serves as a resource for people out there who want to have a successful retirement by making all of the smart financial choices that come into play. But there was something this week, this past week, that really struck me. And it's the thought that I had that you've got to get the basics. You've got to master the fundamentals if you're going to be successful. And what are those basics? And why are they so important? So we're going to talk about that on today's episode. But before we get into that, I wanted to remind listeners to check out our website, which is retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. That's retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. It's a long website URL, but there's a lot there for you. You can listen to previous podcast episodes. You can download some of our free resources, such as our tax planning guides. Our retirement secret sauce is on there. Very popular guide. So check those out. And while you're on the website, if you have any questions you think I can help with, at the bottom, you can submit your question and I'd be happy to help you out. So let's jump into today's podcast topic, becoming brilliant at the basics, the fundamentals. And when I think of the basics, I think of a story of an interview with a golfer named Davis Love III. And they interviewed him years and years ago. He's a PGA champion, very, very good golfer, pro golfer. And they said, how do you practice? How do you prepare for these tournaments? When you go travel for these professional golf tournaments, how do you prepare? And he told the reporter, he said, when you see me play in the tournament, everything just looks natural to you, like my swing and everything. It just looks like I have this gift. And he said, but it's not like that. He said, day after day, Monday through Friday, preparing for a tournament, 95% of the time, I work on the basics, the fundamentals of golf, which he equated to grip, how you grip the golf club stance, how you stand and you position yourself for a swing, and then alignment, how you align your body so you're not off balance. And so grip, stance, and alignment. And he said his brother was his coach, his swing coach. And every morning, his brother would help line him up and practice the basics. He said, you got to practice, not until you get it right, but practice until you can't get it wrong. You can't read a book on how to play golf and then go out and play in a PGA tournament and beat everybody. It takes practice, it takes lessons, it takes discipline to get it right. So just like Davis Love III, 95% of the time says he practices the basic fundamentals of golf, there's basics when it comes to financial planning and investing. So for someone that's saving for retirement and is not yet retired, they need to live on less than they make. And I can tell you that most people haven't mastered this basic concept. And how do I know that? Well, if you're not living on less than you make, then that means you're putting money on credit cards or you're borrowing it somehow. So if we looked at the average credit card debt balance of an average household in America, and I did that, 
So for 2020, according to the Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finances, the average household credit card balance in America was $6,270, $6,270. And this isn't just for low-income households. This is for all American households. And not only that, this is the average. So some households have lower, some have much, much higher credit card balances. So another way of saying spend less than you make is live below your means. That's the basic fundamental of personal finance. And that, or at least we suggest, is worth carrying over into retirement. Live on less than the income that you make. And your income may be different in retirement. It may be a pension and social security and retirement withdrawals from retirement accounts. So that's basic number one, is getting your spending under control. That might involve a budget. For some people, it's going to be a very rigid budget because they can't control themselves. Maybe they're a spendaholic. But I would argue that in retirement, living on a disciplined fixed income that is spelled out and very, very realistic based on the lifestyle you want to have in retirement is extremely important. You got to get that nailed down. How much do you want to spend in retirement to give you the happiness that you're looking for? And then you got to hold yourself to that. You've got to commit and be disciplined to sticking with a game plan. And why that can be so tough for some people, and I'm thinking of a few clients in particular, is when you're retired, every day is a Saturday. And when I look at my debit card and when I'm spending money during the week, typically it's on the weekends. I spend, spend, spend because I have more time to spend. Monday through Friday, I'm working. But when you think about retirement, every day is a Saturday and you've got the time to spend, spend, spend. So you've got to really be careful and be committed to sticking with your spending, your monthly allowance as far as spending. So I can tell you it's easier for some people than others to stay disciplined and keep their spending under control in retirement. I was talking with a client the other day. And she says that her husband asked for the senior discount everywhere he goes. And he just retired at 62. So again, he's a frugal guy and he likes that discount. But he also knows that, hey, if he can save 10% here, 10% there, he'll have much more money at the end of the day simply because he got a discount and was spending less during the process. Basic number two, and this one is hard for a lot of people, is. Staying diversified. A lot of people don't understand what staying diversified means. And some people think that if I have a checking account, a savings account, and a money market account, I'm diversified. Whereas I look at all three accounts and say, okay, they all probably have FDIC insurance and they're all at a bank. So they're all essentially the same thing. They're very low risk and very low return because interest rates are so low right now that they're all going to probably pay very, very little interest. It's going to be minuscule. Let me give you another example. And typically, we'll see this with people's investment accounts. Let's say it's an IRA or a Roth IRA. Somebody will have mutual fund A, B, and C. And when you look at mutual fund A, B, and C, they may have a different name on them. But when you look at how they're invested and what stocks or bonds or the overall strategy they might be very, very similar and have even the same holdings and be almost identical. So just imagine you had three apples 
you had a Granny Smith, you had a Fuji, and you had a Jonathan Apple. And you put them in a bag, in a plastic bag. They're all three apples. What happens when one apple rots? You tell me. What's going to happen to the other two apples? It's the same thing when you have three mutual funds that are nearly identical. You're not doing yourself any favors because if one happens to really plummet, what's going to happen to the other two if they're almost identical, just like our Apple example? They're going to plummet as well. We also see this all the time when people are very, very adamant about owning company stock. Let's say it's General Motors or Ford because their dad or their uncle used to work at General Motors or Ford. There used to be a General Motors factory in St. Louis on the outskirts of St. Louis. And there was a gentleman on the news back in the big crash, 2008, 2009, and his GM stock went to zero. His entire retirement savings were in General Motors stock because he worked there for decades. And he was on the news and they were interviewing him and he said that he should be made whole because the price of the stock went to zero and he lost everything and he was wanting some reimbursement because he believed in that company, worked for that company his entire life. He wanted to be made whole. Well, guess what? It didn't happen, the poor guy. But it's lack of diversification. He had so much risk in just one asset. Remember grandmother's rule, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because if you drop the basket, what's going to happen to all the eggs? They're all going to crack. I ask my women clients, why do you have so many pairs of shoes? They all say the same things. When I'm trying to explain diversification, they will tell me things like, I have heels for certain occasions. I have flats for other occasions. I have tennis shoes for other occasions. Black doesn't go with everything. So I don't have all black shoes. They have sandals for vacations and walks on the beach and summertime. They have garden shoes, and that's just for around the garden and the flower bed. They have dedicated rain boots for those rainy, nasty days. Women in general, in my opinion, are masters at diversification, and women are actually much more organized than men are. So if you see their shoe closet... There's a reason why they own each pair of shoes or boots or whatever it happens to be. Your portfolio should have different investments, different pieces, and they all have a job, just like a woman's shoe closet. I have never met a woman who only has one pair of shoes, and I hope to never meet another individual who just has one investment in their entire portfolio. The purpose of diversification is to spread out your risk because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Basic number three is create a plan, a retirement plan, and stick with it and use it to refer to as the years go on. You wouldn't go into retirement without a retirement plan, or you shouldn't, just like you wouldn't go to a grocery store, or I wouldn't recommend going to a grocery store without a grocery list. If you didn't have that grocery list to refer to, you would just go around with your shopping cart and kind of pull things off the shelf at kind of at random as you see them. And then you get home and how are you going to prepare your meals? Just kind of a little from this, a little from that. You kind of have to ad lib at that point. But if you had the grocery list to go off of, you would make sure you got everything you were looking for because you had a plan of action of the things that you needed before you ever step foot in the store. 
It's the same way with retirement planning. You want to have a plan before you step into retirement. I'll take it one step further. If you ever ask any pilot, when you're flying a plane and you're trying to get to a destination, do you have a flight plan for every flight? I challenge you, ask any pilot out there. They'll tell you, absolutely, we always have a flight plan based on the conditions, not only the wind, the weather, when we expect to take off, when we expect to land, things that might throw us off course. A pilot is always going to have a flight plan. But if you ask any pilot, how many times, how many flights did it go exactly as you planned? And they will tell you very, very few. There's always going to be changes that occurred mid-flight. It's the same with your retirement plan. You'll need to kind of adjust that as you go. But without that retirement plan to refer back to, I really don't know how anyone could have a successful retirement because you have nothing to kind of judge where you're going. It's kind of like when you're at a mall and I don't know if you've ever seen that big map. It says you are here and you want to get to JCPenney or Sears or Macy's or wherever it is. You can kind of see your path that you need to take the most efficient route. Well, that's kind of like a retirement plan. You are here. How do we get to there? Do we take the elevator? Do we take the stairs? Are there renovations that we need to avoid? That's kind of why you plan ahead. And really, it helps you kind of stay on track over the years, too. So you're not getting off course and forgetting to make adjustments along the way. So basic number three is have a plan just like you have a grocery list when you go into a grocery store. There's a book I read recently, it's called Rich Habits, The Daily Success Habits of Wealthy Individuals. And it looked at millionaires versus non-millionaires. And 81% of millionaires had daily to-do lists. And non-millionaires, only 19% of them had daily to-do lists. I would think, and the book didn't clarify, but I would think that most millionaires would go into a grocery store with a grocery list. And the last basic concept that so many people have mastered is preparing for the unexpected, preparing for the what ifs in life, because life never goes as we expect or we plan. There's always these surprises that pop up. So I recommend that people be prepared for the what ifs in life. What if it's you're unable to work as long as you planned? What if it's premature death of a family member or loved one? What if something happens to my pension and my pension dollars get cut during retirement? What if in my first couple years of retirement, there's a market correction? What do I do then? What if my cost of living in retirement doubles, if not triples in retirement? Because Greg Gonzalez, the host of the Retirement Made Easy podcast, told me that that was probably likely because of all the talk of $15 an hour minimum wage. And if history is any guide, and I'll argue it's the only guide we have, that during your retirement, your cost of living will likely double, if not triple. And what does that mean if the next 30 years are like the past 30 years? That means that a $4 box of Cheerios in your first year of retirement will cost over $9 a box for Cheerios in your 30th year of retirement. And that's with a 2.9% inflation rate or cost of living adjustment rate. Nick Murray quotes that in his newsletter. So we've got to prepare for the what ifs, the unexpected, the things that are going to pop up. 
Life always gives us so many changes, and we've got to be ready to pivot. Life gives us so many challenges over the years, and Lord knows what those challenges might be in 10, 20, 30 years, but we've got to be ready for them. Let me give you another perfect example of what I'm talking about. My 89-year-old grandmother retired about 25 years ago. And if I told her 25 years ago that her cost for long-term care, and right now she's in memory care, if I told her 25 years ago that her monthly cost would be over $8,500 a month, she would think that I lost my mind. But again, the cost of the care 25 years ago wasn't anywhere near $8,500 a month. And not only that, nobody wants to think about the care they might need in the future, especially 25 years from now. So just thinking to myself, if my grandmother's 89 years old right now and the cost of her care is $8,500 a month, what is going to be the cost of the same care if someone needed it 25 or 30 years from now? It would be way more, way, way more than $8,500 a month. I guarantee you that. And I can tell you from personal experience, her care every single year goes up between 5 and 10%. So basic fundamental number four is plan for the unexpected and plan ahead for these what-ifs in life. What if we need care 25 years from now, just like my 89-year-old grandmother did? How will that impact our retirement plan? These are all things that I try to bring up to clients all the time because they're good conversations to have because we don't know what the future might hold. I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful and insightful. Again, check out our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. Send me all your hate mail, your love mail, or your questions or comments right there at the website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'm Greg Gonzalez, and remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. 